yeah, before I asked you whether this was going to be uh, on camera or not, I was just trying to get all my caffeine in before, so I wouldn't have to, <laughs> you'd have to just like see me drinking the whole time. Just chugging. Yeah. Everyone, welcome to Reboot Culture Podcast. My name's Nick, uh, and I, with today I've got a great guest, Pop Top, um, who I've known for uh, a number of months, almost I think almost a year now as well. Um, great person to talk to, always energetic. I always appreciate his opinions. Um, he is... I've been a yes man in maybe more ways than he's wanted to be, but he's always been very supportive. Um, and so I greatly appreciate the opportunity to have him on today. Uh, Pop Top, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I wanted to invite you on the show, as you already know, but for listeners listening in on our show today, um, we're going to be talking about MMORPGs. Um, I guess maybe MMOs is maybe a kind of a better wording for it, um, because we're kind of talking about just the genre of online games. Um, But maybe with some specifics here and there, um, kind of going talking about what do MMOs look like today? Uh, maybe what's changed over the last few years? I'm sure we'll have plenty of our own stories that we're going to be going ahead and, and reminiscing about as well. Um, and just kind of looking at, okay, you know, this is where MMOs stand now. Where do we see MMOs going in the future? Uh, is there going to be significant change? Do we see the genre, you know, shifting significantly? And I have a venture to guess that uh, the answer is yes, that we will see a lot of changes there. So pop, Glad to have you once again. Um, I think just to kind of start us off here, um, and you do a lot of uh, research in MMOs, which is part of the reason I want to go ahead and bring you on here. Um, oh, yeah. You've done videos and you're doing some writing now for Tracker.gg. Um, it sounds like you know you've you've kind of been you've got a really a good pulse on the scene uh, this last few years. Um, wanted to hear from you. Um, what do you see these days in MMOs? Like, what's the uh, space looking like? What's the health? Oh, I think it's actually, a, you know, it's still considered a pretty niche genre, but to be honest, I think it's it has a lot of room for growth. Um, I feel like the MMORPG genre, it kind of waxes and wanes over time, you know sure, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, in terms of like, you know, the early 2000s, we had World of Warcraft, which was a huge phenomenon, had, you know, 13 million yeah. subscribers uh, concurrently. And now it's down to about, I think it's 1 million, maybe even less yeah, now. Um, sadly. I think. The recent expansion Dragonflight kind of bumped up a little bit, but you know, these things happen, content cycles. Um, but I feel like, as you mentioned before, the term MMO is probably a better way to describe what we're going to be talking about today, just because the MMORPG element is a little more rigid, I would say. Mm-hmm. And uh, similar to how, you know, Dark Souls or the game sure. Rogue kind of developed their own genres, a Souls like or a Rogue like. MMO has also kind of developed its own system of like a MMO like. So for example, Diablo 4. Diablo 4, you know, the fourth installment of the Diablo series, mm-hmm. not counting Diablo Immortal because no, that doesn't count. <laughs> um, I would say most people would not consider an MMO, but having played the beta, mm-hmm. it is much more MMO like than any other game in the Diablo series. Interesting. Uh, again, not including Immortal. Um just because you can go around, you see people, you don't have to enter a game and, you know, make a, a password and, you know, maybe up to eight players can join your game if you want to, like how it is in Diablo 2, for example. Uh, you just enter the world, you go out, you see other people randomly, they're just there and they exist and you enter zones, you can do content together, you can invite people to your, people to your group and it seems like there's almost... There's a lot more flexibility with the term. Mm, mm. I, I don't think many people would consider it an MMORPG just because 
of the limit of how many people can be in a zone at one time, which is currently 12, I think. Okay. So 12 people, not a lot. Subjectively, I wouldn't consider that massive, right? But it is more than uh, any previous installment of Mm -hmm. the Diablo series. Mm -hmm. So that's just one example of what I would consider an upcoming MMO-like or MMO-lite, as people are calling it nowadays. Okay. So that is one... uh, change that i feel like the rigidity of uh, the mmo rpg genre is kind of becoming more uh, it's, it's blossoming i guess you could say yeah no i think that's a very good term for it um and i like the mmo light that's uh i think a really good terminology for that because i would agree um you've probably seen the same trends um i think most people have kind of looked at it as well it's it's kind of been this way for the last decade but we're starting to see more of those mmo elements get infused into essentially every game that we're playing now that's where we come down to the real question and i'd like to hear your opinion on it like what is an mmo or an mmorpg um it's funny enough that we're actually doing our discussion our recording today because uh josh strife hayes actually came out with a video i think just a few hours ago it's like what is an mmorpg i was like perfect that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today um so i want to pose that question to you what is an mmo or an mmorpg you know what? I cheated because while uh, I was waiting for our meeting to begin, I actually watched that video. I didn't. Th- I didn't think you would bring that up. I was gonna. That's I was funny. planning on bringing that up. That's really funny. Uh, so yeah, I actually watched that right. You know, probably twenty minutes ago. Um, so I agree with a lot of his points. Yeah. Um, MMORPG is super subjective. Uh, Very much. Massively. What does it mean? Yeah. I googled it before the uh, before the show began. And massive is a unit of measurement or, you know, it's a, it's a standard of measurement, but it doesn't really mean anything. It has no number associated with it. So what does massively mean in terms of a uh, number of people playing online together? Um, and, you know, you can see that at a different, uh, a number of different subjective ways. Is it server population? Is it amount of people per zone, like with Diablo 4? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it amount of people who play the game in general? Uh, and I think a lot of people have used it for the latter to describe the latter. How many people play the game? That makes it sure. massive, right? But the way that massively multiplayer online role-playing games used to be defined was how many people are you able to interact with simultaneously at any mm-hmm. given time? Um, so, for example, World of Warcraft Vanilla, you could... I don't, I don't know if there was a cap necessarily. I know there was a server cap, but I don't know if there was necessarily a zone cap because they didn't have layering or as they call it, Good channels yeah. uh, nowadays. It was all... Everyone on the same server could be in the same area simultaneously. And there could be a maximum people who were able to be online at a time. It could be like, you know, I think it was up to 2,000-ish at the time. Yeah. Maybe more. Um, but, you know, you'd also obviously have optimization and FPS elements that were not very good at the time but you know as internet has grown stronger um it is you're more capable of having more people online in the same zone interacting all simultaneously so massive super subjective uh, on wikipedia it says like hundreds or thousands and i think hundreds is a good baseline okay because if you're saying 100 then that includes fortnite is fortnite massively multiplayer i I wouldn't consider it that, but you know, some people could, and I can see why they would because it's subjective. It's a subjective term. Yeah. And I think that's what's, um, that's what's so tough to go ahead and define. Cause I was in the same boat. Like he was talking about massive. And as, as you're explaining here as well, it's like, how do you define the word massive? And I, I, I can't help but feel that a, a singular number or like a, 
like a rigid number is the answer to that question. Because to me, the massive aspect has always been more of the feel of the game. So it's, it's again, subjective, like you're saying. It's just not a specific number that it comes into mind when I think about like massive. To me, massive is where it feels alive. Um, again, very subjective. But the idea is that it feels like this living world where there's other players that I can tell, you know, this is clearly another person who's running around. And they've got their own goals and things. Because I think that's what's interesting when I compare it to like Fortnite. So Fortnite, you obviously got like free for all or the teams, which is generally about 100 people per lobby. It's massive in the sense that that's a lot of people, uh, but they're all technically doing the same thing. They're all trying to win. It's a competition. When I think of like MMOs, I think about this living, breathing world, which I think most people do, but it's not everyone is going for the same thing. Like ultimately, obviously, RPGs and you know games, you kind of have the roughly the same goal, but you're not necessarily working in tandem. And I think that's what's interesting about MMOs from my perspective with my history of it is you've got all these different people with all these different uh, goals and ideas of what they want to accomplish. And they're at various stages of trying to accomplish that. That's always felt to me like what the word massive truly defines. Yeah. And I agree with that. I think you hit the uh, nail on the head with that one, especially in terms of, uh, what I would define as massively multiplayer. Uh, and this is why I wouldn't include Fortnite in this, uh, sure. categorization is because I see it as a persistent world, mm-hmm. meaning, I can go into the world at any time. I see a change that another player has made, whether they've mined an ore, they've gathered an herb, they've killed some NPCs. That affects me because I am no longer able to acquire those things. I'm no longer able to uh, kill that NPC. I have to wait for it to respawn. Even with layering, would you still say? It depends. Okay. Uh, I would say modern uh, WoW is different. You still have to wait. There's still respawn sure. timers, yeah. but it is quicker in a way. Um, I'm coming more from a WoW Classic That's perspective because uh, I've played that more than Retail WoW uh, in general. But for, and this is, I think, the biggest defining difference between what I would call a true MMORPG and a lobby game, mm. which is what I would categorize as like, you know, a Fortnite, yeah. a League of Legends, like a, really any game where you, everyone comes into the game at the same time, but it is... It is wrapped up, you know, there is a start and an end Yeah. and you go into the game when the game is over, you can go back into the game, but it's not the same world, right? Yeah. It's, it's my, it might look the same. It's, it's the same start of the world, but it's not the same world from the previous game that you were just in, because there are differences in who's playing. There's differences in who's collecting what, who trapped down what tree, who broke what building, who Mm -hmm. gathered what uh, item. And in a game like, Vanilla WoW, at least, because, you know, Retail WoW is more instance, like you said, more layered. Um, and that's why a lot of people would consider it not necessarily to be a true authentic MMORPG experience yeah. anymore. And that's why uh, WoW Classic has such a large player base. Even if you go to Twitch right now, the Twitch directory, directory for some reason, they combine WoW and WoW Classic into just one category. Oh, that is interesting. Almost all, yeah, I, I kind of wish it was separated because it would be so much easier to find. They are two different games, before. let's be honest. But it, it makes their it's for the analytics. It yeah. makes oh, their sure, category sure. bigger by combining the two games into one. Um, but if you did go to Twitch and you looked to see the top streamers for WoW right now, I would say nine out of 10 of them are WoW Classic streamers. Interesting. Uh, in, in terms of viewership. Um, because it is more of a honest MMORPG, where it's, whereas modern WoW is more about, you know, there's basically three endgame objectives in modern wow 
you can do PvP, which is instance in either arena or battlegrounds. You can do mythic dungeons, which are instanced dungeons, or you can do raiding, which is also instance content. Mm -hmm. There's almost no endgame content, which is active in the open persistent world. And that's why I think a lot of people are flocking back. A lot of quote unquote true MMORPG enjoyers are flocking back to uh, WoW Classic is because there are so many more open world persistent activities to do, especially in the uh, current hardcore scene, where if you if your character dies, you basically have to start over. That's kind of like the uh, the new thing. Not new. It's been around for a long time, yeah. but it's the new popular thing. Is, in, is that a thing in WoW now? Yeah, well, it's not uh, it's not official. Okay, it's, well, yeah, it's, but it's, it's uh, player player enforced, I guess, is probably the best way to think about exactly. it. Exactly. There's an add on. Okay. You can download an add on, and if you if your character dies, you're no longer uh, eligible to be within the hardcore community with that character. That's basically. interesting. Yeah, I mean, it obviously, yeah. probably spawns from the uh, the RuneScape uh, hardcore um, option, um, which yeah. I don't even know if that's the original. Like that's what started the whole process, but that's always where my mind goes to when I think of the hardcore aspect to the character building. Um, no, interesting that you're bringing up classic. I mean, you can't talk about MMOs without bringing up World of Warcraft. That's for certain. Um, did you you played original vanilla WoW? Is that correct? Oh yeah, okay. back in 2004. Yep, yeah. it was a great time. So then, having now gone ahead and played both vanilla and classic, I think most people at this point. I mean, classic's been out for a couple of years at the very least now, um, and we've seen what's really sprouted from classic. You know, we had that advertisement that. Uh, the classic is going to be returning back to vanilla. You need the chance to play WoW the way it was originally played. And yeah, maybe we got a little bit of that for a while, um, but we very clearly have a new perspective and a new way to approach WoW classic. Um, and it's, it's definitely different than the old variation, um, which is not a bad thing, not critiquing it, but it is, it's clear that things have changed in some way. Um, Forgive me for springing this question on you because I didn't prompt you about this beforehand. Are you familiar with uh, Dan Olson from Folding Ideas on YouTube? I am not. Okay. No. I can send it to you later. Not a big deal. Um, I He's got a really good video on, it kind of talks about MMOs as a whole, but he's really looking at Warcraft. Uh, the title of the video though, love it. It's why is it, why it's rude to suck at Warcraft. Um, oh, and, I have seen that okay, thumbnail. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you ever get the chance to watch it, highly recommend it. I'm going to put that in the show notes for everybody else who wants to go ahead and check it out. Um, but Dan Olson really appreciate his perspectives. Don't necessarily always agree with him, but I think he's very critical in a good way. Um, but he talks about how, uh, basically in the hardcore community, and again, it's not a critique on whether it's good or bad. It's just very clearly different. You've got a very hardcore bent on classic. You kind of need to go ahead and play with the systems that are currently in place. Um, it's, you, you know, if you do fall behind, if you take it too casually, then generally, you know, you end up getting a little bit more of the uh, short end of the stick. So I think it's just really interesting. But anyways, going back to what my original point was, you know, vanilla, you got classic, Things have changed quite a bit. Um, what are some trends that you've seen in your expertise as an MMO player? Um, where do you where do you really see things having changed most significantly? Between well, as a as an example, I think yeah, uh, kind of comparing and contrasting vanilla WoW versus modern retail WoW, I think is a good starting point. Um, as I said, most of the end game content being instanced, and I kind of think that has, as you said. Uh, changed the way that players play Classic WoW, uh, especially in terms of uh, parsing culture, in terms of the speedrun culture that is basically a part of the core aspect of retail WoW. It's kind of 
come to classic wow mm-hmm. kind of as like a, a reverse kind of uh, uh time traveling almost sure. in a way because now we have classic wow but with add-ons that were originally developed to help <laughs> players do content in retail wow so we have things that uh you know, tell players when to do something when a boss is about to yeah. do their big move. Uh, uh, so, for example, and uh, I think that an approach away from the instanced content, away from the speedrun culture, away from the esport aspect of the game is what a lot of players are looking for now. And that's why mm-hmm. I think a lot of the upcoming MMOs that we have on the horizon are going to be more they're going to be more revolved around open world content so for example there are um, some big mmos on the horizon such as ashes of creation throne and liberty and pax day which was recently announced and almost all of the end game content in these games is going to be completely open world no instances okay so there will still be dungeons there will still be raid bosses Mm -hmm. but there will be an element of you have to fight the boss and you also have to fight off other players simultaneously. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's what a lot of people are looking forward to because the modern wow, which has kind of leaked into vanilla wow or, you know, classic wow with the speedrunning culture is kind of getting stale for people. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like people like it, you know, I can't knock it because just because I don't enjoy it. But when I first started playing, wow, I didn't raid at all. I was, you know, yeah. a teenager and I just was in the world. I was enjoying the experience. Getting to level 60 was an yeah. achievement. Getting, you know, uh, getting a rare item was an achievement, um, let alone like an epic. Yeah. So whenever I see, uh, I go back to WoW Classic and I try to experience it the way that I experienced it before, it doesn't hit the same because no. no one else is trying to experience it the way that I experienced yep. it initially. Everyone just wants to boom, get to the end game, boom, get the best gear, boom, I did it, I'm done. So it's it's very fast paced in a way that not. is less enjoyable for me as a as a, a boomer. Um, <laughs> you mean both? It's okay, I understand. <laughs> a lot of these new uh, MMOs on the horizon, I feel like almost make us take a step back from that because sure. now all of the world is open world all of the end game content is open world not only do you have to compete with other players but you're not able to just spam the same dungeons spam the same raids consistently constantly Mm -hmm. trying to Mm -hmm. get these one pieces of gear that uh, are best in slot you know yeah it's more open it's more variable and i think that makes it more exciting and it's more of an exploration it's more of an adventure than it is a trying to get a high number you know what i mean yeah completely agreed um it's yeah it's interesting that you say that because i'm in the same boat i wonder how long i mean obviously classic you can only go so far and there's only so many expansions that you can really recreate now they could in theory just keep going as far as they want i wouldn't mind if we got a legion classic uh personally because legion was one of my favorite expansions um but besides that like i just can't imagine that it really has the long staying power because they can't generate new content at least presently who knows maybe they decide to go ahead and go an old school runescape route where you know they can kind of do an offshoot on vanilla or you know whatever expansion they decide on creating brand new content who knows what exactly they're going to decide but presently that's not in the docket um I, I concur. I think there needs to be some type of a change that brings 
MMOs back to that exciting feeling that we had back in the day. I think part of the issue is that the the genie's out of the bottle. Like we've got the internet now and information is just so readily available. We can look anything up we need to. There's wikis for everything that tells you down to the minute, down to the second, exactly when to do something, um, which, you know, we didn't have back in the original vanilla TBC or even um, I mean, Wrath of the Lich King is probably where that started. Um, but that was still, you know, it was not nearly as efficient as it is now. Um, I, yeah, with what you're saying about the, not only fighting the world, but you're fighting other players. I agree. That's the excitement that I'm looking for. Um, Dr. Disrespect had this idea where, you know, wouldn't it be interesting if you had this item that everyone in the world was fighting over? And not only did you have to go ahead and just be the first, but you also had to keep it on the way out. You had to basically fight everybody off in order to go ahead and, and keep that item for yourself. And I think something like that, that sounds fascinating. I think that's exactly what MMOs need to kind of bring things back in and uh, make it exciting because you can only, I mean, it's like the video why it's rude to suck at Warcraft really gets, you know, to the point, which is players will always beat developers because players are willing to dump far more time into it. Developers have parameters. They have to build all of the material, whereas players are just consuming as quickly as possible. So, because of that, you almost need to create this player versus player dynamic that's engaging in a way that's not just killing other people, but mm -hmm. how do you still create something that's challenging in that way? Because player versus player is what's going to really create the real challenge that I think people crave. Yeah, I agree. And uh, one thing you mentioned kind of just sparked something in me. Have you ever, not to get too far off of topic, no, but good. have you ever played uh, Dark and Darker? I've not. Okay, so one you said something that kind of sparked that um, that thought. So you said, uh, and imagine if you could get an item that everyone else wanted yeah. and they could get it from you, right? So that's basically what Dark and Darker is. Now it is a lobby game. Um, so have you played uh, something like Escape from Tarkov or The Cycle Frontier, anything like that? A little bit more familiar with those ones, yeah. I've not personally played them, but I've watched them. Okay, so yeah, basically you it's a lobby game. You delve into whatever zone there is and you you know bring equipment with you mm -hmm. and you fight against a lobby of players sometimes it's persistent especially with tarkov and uh cycle so it's not not like fortnite where yeah. everyone jumps off the battle bus all at the same time you're all starting at the same point with these types of i want to call them more dynamic lobby games you can enter it at any time but there are already people there mm -hmm. say there's like a 30 person uh, capacity for a map mm -hmm. you can enter it anytime you can leave it anytime you can stay for as long as you want but everything that you take with you, you can lose if someone kills you. And now th and it's theirs. Th they can take it from you. Um, and anything that you take with you out of the map, it stays with you. It's yeah. persistent. So it's uh, they're called extraction games, I guess. Yeah. So Dark and Darker is the same genre as those types of games. But it is more of a dark fantasy medieval first person wizards and sword board type of game okay so you pick a class fighter barbarian wizard whatever you can join a party of up to three people you go into the map um this one is kind of more like fortnite where everyone goes into the map all at the same time and uh as time goes on you can kill people take their items find other npcs that you can kill treasure chests bosses yes. it's a very player versus everything environment yeah and now that you're actually so, saying that, I do remember seeing some some gameplay of that. That did look interesting. It was a lot of fun. I don't want to get too deep into it right now because they're kind of in a lawsuit. They're kind of like at a standstill. <laughs> they're not really developing right now. Yeah, but well, uh, unfortunate. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. But um, 
that is the type of game that I think you're describing. And this is kind of a thought that I had a couple days ago. What if Dark and Darker was an MMO? What if Dark and Darker was not a lobby game where it's hardcore? If you die, you're dead. You lose all your stuff. You have to start over. And it's persistent open Mm -hmm. world where everyone everywhere is able to interact with anyone at any given time. So yeah, I could see where there would be issues with that. Maybe you're kind of forced into like a higher tier once you reach a certain level so that you can no longer kill the low level people. That's and the just tough like part. Farm them. Yeah. yeah, that's it can't it can't ever be 100% open world, right? Because then you're just spawn camping and everyone that's no one's ever getting a chance. Yeah, no one's you gonna just play. get all the legendaries on one character and just kill everyone else forever. <laughs> yeah. That's the game. Uh so that wouldn't be fun. But I think there are a few games that are looking to kind of emulate that experience. Not to be 100% open world, but and not to be 100% uh, you can kill anyone, but to have this kind of dynamic where you're always looking behind your back. You're yeah. always checking your corners. There's always a chance that you could encounter a PvP at any time. And I think those types of games are what's uh, kind of the future of the MMO genre is going to be looking like. Now, there are going to be other games like Diablo, for example, where there isn't really a persistent threat of uh, PvP because you can only PvP in certain zones. Sure. Same with Throne and Liberty. Um, but I do think those types of games where it's more dynamic content, you can fight P- you can fight players and you can fight other monsters simultaneously. I think those are kind of the more fun, more exploratory, more dynamic types of worlds that players are seeking. Yeah. No, I think you're completely right. I think the dynamicism is what people are really craving. And I I think that's what a lot of different games, even though they're not technically MMOs right now, they've kind of, they've had that online element uh, where you either interact with other players um, in a friendly manner or you're against them in some way. Um, I think there's a lot of experimentation happening right now that can easily contribute to MMOs. So I think we'll get to that question in a few. I don't want to get too far ahead. Um, You know, what your thoughts are of the future here. Um, but tell me a little bit more about uh, what games you're liking right now, um, either ones that are have already been out for a while um, or ones that are coming up that kind of spark your interest. So my primary content that I focus on right now is either games in development or that are coming out very soon. So I mostly play a lot of alphas and betas, and I just keep up with uh, the news of in-game, uh, in-development games. Um so currently, I would say Wayfinder is the game that I'm looking forward to most okay. that is uh, currently on the horizon that has had about four beta phases right now. They should have one more beta phase in April, and then they're going to early access in May with a full release, I think, scheduled for later this year, or at least oh, nice. attempting okay. to you know, later this year. And this is one of the games that, uh, similar to Diablo 4, I would describe as an MMO light. So it is... Uh, not developed by, but it's being published by the developers of Warframe, Oh, which I haven't played Warframe, but I've heard a lot of controversy in the MMO community about Warframe as it's not a real MMO because it's a lobby game. You get into instance with other people no. and it's, there's not really a, a dynamic open world like there would be in a WoW Classic, for example. It's, it's very similar to the complaint with Destiny as well. It is a very Destiny-esque game. Yeah. Um, so... Wayfinder is similar, but it does have a dynamic open world as well. So I would consider Wayfinder to be more similar to Retail WoW than probably anything else, because it is going to be primarily dungeon-based. But if you play Retail WoW, Dragonflight right now, the main thing that people do is uh, Mythic Dungeons. So 
you go in, you get your key, you try to bump up the level of the key, the difficulty increases, the loot drops are better, and that's basically rinse repeat. You just do that for the entire time you play mm-hmm. WoW. Um, so Wayfinder is going to be similar to that. The difference with Wayfinder is most RPGs have classes, right? You pick a warrior class, sure. you pick a mage class, you can customize your character, make them look how you, they, you want them to look. And uh, other than that, it's just itemization really is the main customization option in RPGs. But in Wayfinder, it's going to be more story-based. So you're not playing a class primarily, you're playing a character or an echo of a character. Okay. So uh, it already has a name. You already have like your abilities, and this is why it becomes an MMO light more than an uh, you know actual MMORPG, is because the the amount of uh, spells and abilities you have are kind of static. Um, there are some options you can trade out, but okay. your character will have four standard abilities always. All oh, characters will have four individual standard abilities, so there's less cost customization that way. Um, but their main thing, similar to Warframe, will be the continuous production of new characters. So on uh, launch, they'll uh, okay. launch with six characters. You play them, or you can... Uh, I don't think you can purchase them, but you can more easily get materials that will help unlock them. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of more like Warframe in that sense. Um, but yeah, they kind of have like a battle pass situation, and... Uh, it's like I don't think it's going to be a true MMORPG, similar to a lot of other open world games that are going to be coming out. But it is the nearest one coming out. A couple others are I've mentioned uh, Throne and Liberty, which should be out later this year. That's going to be a true open world experience. No okay. instances, no loading screens, just one big persistent world where uh, you can do anything. Um, there are going to be specific areas where you can PvP and where you can't. So you'll never be like. You'll never be in a situation where you'll accidentally run into PvP. You'll know you're in danger of PvP because you're going to a specific event or a specific zone. So it's kind of cool because it it kind of balances the, um, oh, I don't want to get killed all the time forever. Like in Classic WoW, if you join a PvP server, you just can get, yeah. you can get dead whenever. Uh, but in this game, it's kind of more like if I don't want to PvP, I just stay out of the zone and I'm fine. Interesting. Okay. So what makes you most interested or what kind of stands out to you most about Wayfinder? In Wayfinder, what stands out to me most? I would say the aesthetic. The aesthetic is really nice. The the way that everything looks, it's kind of like a... It's almost like a League of Legends offshoot. Yeah. The brightness. Um, And I think that is because they are probably inspired by League of Legends because it's made by the same company that made the Ruined King game. Interesting. Uh, okay. Airship Syndicate, yeah. So League of Legends uh, has started making their own kind of narrative, I don't want to call them RPGs, but narrative uh, games Stories. of different yeah. genres. Yeah, story games. Um, and it's really cool because they're taking their company or subsidiary, Riot Forge, and they're kind of teaming up with these indie developers, and they're giving them an opportunity to showcase what they're uh you know, what their studio can do with the League of Legends IP. So yeah. I think it's beneficial for both. You know, it's probably very cheap to produce these types of games for Riot. And it also gives an immense amount of exposure for these small indie developers who, you know, probably wouldn't have the opportunity otherwise. Yeah. So I think it's a very good symbiotic relationship. Um, but yeah, Wayfinder is developed by Airship Syndicate, which also created uh, Ruined King. And I think that's probably where they're getting not only their aesthetic graphically, uh, but also the idea of 
kind of pre-made characters like you would see I was going to say it's, it's a very MOBA style of character um, obviously the four abilities as well is kind of the thing that stands out to me um, mm-hmm. so that's interesting I'm curious to see um, have you have you played that at all or has it just been kind of following it for a bit well there oh, if you, if you can't say anything ND, that's okay <laughs> there is an NDA I'll say this there is an NDA on the uh, closed beta so if I were in the closed beta I wouldn't be able to say quite all right now, I appreciate you at least going ahead and telling us a little bit about it. That's cool. Okay. I'll have to definitely keep an eye on that as well. I don't certainly have the time for MMOs any longer and quite the same way that I have previously, but I'm always fascinated by them. So I'd love to go ahead and even just give it a little bit of a, a try once it is available. Well, that's very cool. Um, when you're not doing betas and alphas, is there any game that you'd like to stick to for MMOs? Um, I would say my major, uh, my one game that I always come back to is WoW Classic. I sure. haven't played recently. But, um, you know, I played when it first came out. I played all the way through until, you know, through TBC, through Wrath. Um, I stopped playing Wrath to try out retail uh, Dragonflight for a while, and that was fun. But, uh, you know, it just doesn't hit the same. And now that the hardcore community is kind of becoming more popularized and, you know, leveling is the main content in WoW Classic right now, it's kind of it's starting to pull me back in a little bit. But, you know, it's just kind of uh, it's kind of a hard category to make content for if you aren't already pre-established in that category from a a content creator perspective so that's kind of the reason i try to you know not delve too deep into it because i know there's not really a future for me there that's fair and i I can i think you're i think you're intelligent the way that you go ahead and tackle mmos as a whole um with where you're providing the information the news um yeah because like you said earlier in our conversation it's MMOs are a smaller niche, uh, while more games are, are starting to have more of that online aspect. MMOs themselves are are very smaller, or is a lot are a lot smaller compared to a lot of the, the larger genres, uh, which is perfectly fine. That's where a lot of good games come from. Um, well, with that in mind, I mean we've we've seen a lot of change. We've talked about it already over this last few decades um, with MMOs and such. Obviously, the internet has been a huge impact in how we go ahead and uh, tackle the challenges in video games, whether that's an MMO or anything else. Um, where do MMOs go from here? Um, we both already talked about how we, we don't think the, the wow style or wow itself is necessarily going to be the long-term vision. Um, but where, where do you think we can ultimately go with this? Well, in the near future, I definitely see MMOs being separate from MMORPGs. Mm. I think there's going to be a, a pretty significant divergence, uh, between the MMO lights and the true MMO persistent open world MMORPGs. Um, so, you know, Wayfinder Diablo 4, Soul Frame is another one that's coming out. Uh, I feel like those are going to be more casual, more for the MMO light community, okay. where you hop in, you play a couple dungeons, you know, you do what you want to do, and you hop out. They're more like seasonal content too. So every three months, you get, you know, a new patch, new characters, new abilities, maybe some new dungeons. You know, you hop in, you hop out. And then you have the more hardcore, open world, persistent, uh, always on PvP type of games, such as like Ashes of Creation, Throne mm-hmm. of Liberty, Pax Day. I feel like the community is going to get get split into those two. And really, it's it's the difference between a theme park MMO and a sandbox MMO. Yeah. And yeah. theme park is you know kind of like Disney World. You go around, you look at, you say, oh, I I know Thrall from Warcraft Three. Yeah. yeah, cool. I know the story. And then sandbox is there is no storyline or there's very minimal storyline. There's very minimal uh, interjection of the game into your character. Mm. Mostly sandbox uh, MMOs. You hop in, 
and the world is yours to discover, yours to kind of create. Specifically, uh, a game that was just announced a few months ago, PAX Day, um, is going to be very, very much a sandbox game because there's not going to be any NPCs to give you quests. There's not going to be any buildings. Really? Uh, you get into the game, you can form an alliance with other players, and you literally will build all of the structures within the game. Uh, so you build towns, you build homesteads, you build areas where uh, you're able to do professions and uh, you know economics, trading, and then you go off into the world and it's more dangerous. Huh. Other clans can fight against you. There are open world dungeons where you fight against tough enemies and other players simultaneously. And that's going to be a true sandbox ex- sandbox experience. So I feel like those are really the two paths of the near future of MMOs. Okay, that's interesting. So, I mean, you're, you're saying that there's no quests, no structures, it's all essentially player created. Is there really no story to it? Or is, is it kind of the idea that the players will go ahead and then create their own stories? So that's how most sandbox games are. If you think of EVE Online, for example. I was just about to bring up, okay. And actually it's from some of the makers of EVE Online. So I okay. think that's interesting. heavily influenced. But there are going to be quests. There's just not going to be quest NPCs. There will be, like, say, for example, you find a, and there will be structures as well, just not, um, not, the structures will be more like dungeons rather okay. than places you go for, like, quest hubs, like sure. you see in World of Warcraft. Um, so the quests are going to be more like you find a piece of a letter and it says something about a lake. And then you go towards the lake and you see something glimmering at the bottom and you open it, it's a chest. Oh, and it also gave you this book. You can read through the book and now you know a new spell. Hmm. And that spell lets you open a door and now you can kind of explore a new area. So it's kind of more like there's not someone telling you to go do these things. It's more like you find things to do Hmm. and that's where the quests are. And there will be lore as well. Yeah, exactly. So for this game specifically, it's kind of like, I don't want to get too big into the lore, but it's kind of like a reincarnation cycle. Okay. Like where people existed on this world previously, but now you're kind of repopulating it and you have to kind of hmm. pick up where they left off. But um, yeah, there's not going to be quest NPCs, like you said, which is really interesting. It's yeah. The only MMO I've ever heard of that didn't have uh, friendly NPCs. So that'll be interesting. And I, I forget what else you asked about. No, I, I think you're on the right track there. I, I was just okay. mostly curious about the... Um... Um, just kind of exactly how much player agency there's going to be versus, you know, a world agency that's trying to direct you in a particular direction. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it sounds like it's fairly minimal. It sounds like there is going to be some, which is interesting. Yeah, I've always been fascinated because I don't know. I've played Eve. Have you played Eve at all? I haven't. Okay. I've kept up with the lore, like of, you know, what goes on, and, yeah. you know, different wars and stuff like that. Yeah, I think the war is what everybody's always interested in is, that, you know, the giant, you know, player kill counts and how much real world money was spent on a single battle, yeah, essentially. Um, and, and I played it and I think it's interesting. It's, I, I don't, I'm curious to see how similar sandbox games will perform because I look at Eve and to me, it's almost, that was more like lightning in a bottle or it was mm-hmm. kind of like a single lightning strike. Um, just because I think when it originally came out, gosh, I was still in high school. It was like 2005, six, somewhere around there. I don't remember. It's probably even a little bit earlier than that. I think it was just long, not long after. Wow. Um, but there weren't really a whole lot of spacefaring games, at least in that capacity. Mm-hmm. And obviously you've got Elite Dangerous. There's a lot of other games that are out there um, now, which kind of scratch that same image. And I just don't know if Eve could survive in the same way. Um, I'm, I'm just curious. I mean, Eve is, you know, it's, it's player account is dropping. 
um, which we're seeing a lot, a lot of older MMO games as a whole. Um, but I am, I'm just curious to see what sandbox games could look like in, you know, if they can succeed nowadays. I mean, obviously Minecraft, you know, is certainly successful and Mm -hmm. uh, it's, there's not really any quest or story going on there. So it's, you know, I think it's, it's finding the right formula. I just don't know what that formula is. So I'm I'm curious to see how that particular game is going to go. Yeah, and I think the survival genre is a big influence on these types of games as well. Sure. If you take uh, a game like Valheim, for example, yep. which was a huge success from a very small uh, indie company a couple years ago, came out of nowhere and everybody loved it. I think we're seeing a lot of uh, developers that are making these sandbox type MMOs are really taking note from the survival genre and they're kind of pasting these types of building uh, aesthetics and uh, different types of survival mechanisms mm. into these open world uh, MMO games. And I feel like, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of potential there because survival games are interesting. They, sure. a lot of them don't have storyline. A lot of them are just, they plop you into a world. Okay. Go cut down a tree. Okay. Mine some rocks. Okay. Make a house, make sure you don't die. And now you can just go explore, right? And you might find some bosses to kill. You might find some quests to uh, or objectives to accomplish. But they're mostly open world, uh, like Sons of the Forest, for example, I think mm-hmm. is a good one. Mm-hmm. There is an overlying storyline, but it's not really told to you. Yeah. You kind of just figure it's it the out. Background. And I feel like that's kind of what the goal is for these new age sandbox MMOs. Yeah, that brings up a good point. Um, it almost needs to be... Survival obviously makes the most sense. It's almost like the adversity of the world needs to find the player versus the player finding the adversity. And that's kind of what creates that challenge. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I definitely agree. We're seeing a lot more of that survival kind of taking over. Do you think that we see... I mean, MMOs as we know it obviously have changed. We've already described it over this last hour here. I mean, are MMOs as we know them from back in the day? Are they just through? Are they just done? I think so, yes. I think there are a few um, MMOs on the horizon that are going to kind of be the last capture of these old style of MMOs. And after this, uh, I don't know what to call it. It's kind of like an epilogue in my opinion. It's like the story for MMOs has been completed or we're on the last chapter. It's, it's sizzling, you know, it's, it's fizzling out, but there are a few MMOs that are, they look really good. I'm definitely going to play them. And a lot of people are going to play them. But for how long yeah, is that's a question know, for how long and how, what what's the player count going to be and are they going to be persistent and how long are they going to last? I think we're kind of on our last gasp of this genre as we know it. And I think this is going to flow into what you asked previously is what is the future of the genre? And I kind of touched on the near future, how we'll see a divergence, but honestly in the long-term future, and this is really why I am so into MMOs right now is because I honestly believe that MMOs are the future of society in a lot of ways. Yeah. So there are a few examples in pop culture, such as Ready Player One, um, Black Mirror, San Junipero episode, um, where we see these worlds these online virtual worlds that are connected. And I can't imagine in my lifetime not experiencing that. Hmm. I feel like what we're seeing are glimpses of millennial retirement homes. 
we're okay. we're going to kind yeah, of be yeah, in yeah. a pod, right? We're going to exist, but we're not going to exist in the physical world. And I think Futurama had an episode about this as well, where you kind of like your consciousness gets uploaded into the cloud in a, in a, in a kind of way. And, you know, there's a lot of animes about this as well. Uh, Sword Art Online is a big one. Sure. Um, but I just don't really see a reality where this isn't an option. I, I feel like it's going to happen at some point. Obviously, this is like, you know, probably a ways into the future. But I think there's going to be steps that we incrementally get there. And we're already seeing those in ways such as like uh, VR chat um, is a good example where you put on a headset and you're in this persistent world with you know however many other people are in the world and you just you know it's casual you're in a bar setting or a comedy club setting and you're just hanging out with other people i think that's going to be a big way that people get introduced to not only virtual reality but also the mmo genre as a whole sure. because what are the steps to get vr chat to become an mmo you just have to right. increase the server capacity i was just to say it kind of already is in a lot of ways yeah, uh, depending on your subjective definition sure. of massive, right? Yeah. So it's interesting. So not to go ahead and move us into a different topic necessarily, um, but are you fairly uh, pro-metaverse? We're going to go ahead and see something that's going to be a little bit more significant, or is it going to be kind of an amalgamation of what we're already seeing? Well, I hate the term metaverse, but... That's fair. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I think too, it is... for the most part, so... <laughs> uh, but I think it is basically exactly what we're heading for. Uh, okay. Even though Facebook kind of pulled out of that uh, category recently. Um, so we might not see it as soon as we were initially expecting, but I do think that there will be demand for that type of service in the future, especially as virtual reality becomes more concrete and uh, the hardware becomes more accessible. I think we're going to, because what is the, what is the video game genre if not becoming more like reality in terms of graphically, visually, uh, auditorially. And then we have these, and I had this opinion even before AI became a huge factor over the last few months. Now we have AI-based um, images and sounds that are virtually identical to the real thing. It's They're starting to make their own movies now. It's so, it's so much more than I would have expected in such sure. a short period of time. So... There's kind of there's a part of me that's like, oh, Facebook's out of the metaverse now. Who's going to develop it? It's going to take a while. But then I'm like, but they literally just made a, a Harry Potter Balenciaga ad in like 30 seconds, and it looks like real people. That's insane. Hmm. So it's kind of like, is it going to happen or is it not going to happen? We're kind of on a, a fence right now, but I honestly can't see a world in which it doesn't happen. You know, it's just it's it's a it's just a matter of time, in my opinion. Okay. No, that's fair. Yeah, I think technology is definitely, uh, it is speeding up quickly in a lot of ways. I think we've run into a lot of hurdles as well, we've found. Um, but I do think that the, I, there's going to be some type of a metaverse. I think the difficulty of trying to go ahead, and again, I, I'm in the same boat. I don't like that term either. Um, <laughs> but the whole idea, it's, you know, it's a, it's a huge marketing term. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, there is going to be some form of a, uh I think, I mean, Apple looks at it as like, there's gonna be like an over layering of an AR system on top of, you know, what we use every day. I could see something like that. I think every time I think more about like, how do we see kind of a connection between real life and the virtual, something like an MMO that's kind of persistent um, is I think of the uh, anime, the movie uh, Summer Wars, uh, which if you've not seen it, highly recommend it. Great movie. 
it's it, it's in English and everything like that as well. But it's the world Oz, which is essentially how everyone logs in. It's all of their login information. Uh, it holds all of their personal information for better or for worse, which is what the movie's about. Um, but the idea is that their phones all run the same operating system as their computers. It's where you go ahead and you log into work. Um, uh, it basically, you can't get away from it. Everybody's a part of it in some way. Um, I, I'm personally of the mindset that there will always be the need to be in the physical and in, in the reality, but I could see something where there's a bit of a melding where, um, not necessarily like, oh yeah, you kill somebody in real life. They die or sorry, you kill somebody in the game. They, you know, they die in real life. Like we're not going to, you know, gun gale online or, uh, uh, uh sword art online levels of, mm-hmm. of intensity, but I could see yeah, something definitely. where it is like, you know, people are logging in online and, and doing their work there and then physically stepping away and grabbing some coffee and then maybe going outside for a little bit and then coming back into the, the world, the virtual world and doing all their work from there. Um, beyond just looking at desktops and spreadsheets and, you know, there's a whole bunch of what ifs there. So I do think there's going to be some type of a melding there. I think the difficulty is trying to see exactly to what degree of involvement that's going to be. But I think it does pose some really interesting questions. Um, I think so uh, in our first episode, something that we talked about that I think was very important to really anything that we've been talking about going forward on reboot culture is the idea of mops or sorry, geeks, mops and sociopaths. Um, and really the, the short of it is that you've got the geeks who are really, you know, into whatever it is that they're passionate about. Um, so let's take MMOs, for instance, they're the ones who are going ahead and contributing guides. They're trying to go ahead and run the dungeons as best they can. They're going ahead and offering solutions to game developers. You've got the mops who are probably the more, they don't really care. I mean, they're the ones who are giving the, the least amount of effort possible to go ahead and get the maximum amount of joy possible. They're not really interested in supporting the MMO necessarily so much that they just want to get their enjoyment and that's it. And then last is the sociopaths who essentially take the thing that the geeks are really passionate about and they turn it into whatever greed machine that they need it for, whether it's money, power, prestige, whatever it is. So eventually they kind of milk the thing to death. And I don't think that means that any particular group has done that with MMOs, but the whole key concept is that this dynamic of geeks, mops, and sociopaths eventually runs its course with any form of pop culture, MMOs included, and essentially the previous iteration of it dies and something else comes from its ashes. And I think you're right in the sense that, you know, that's why I asked the question, you know, our MMOs as we knew them, are they done for? I would agree. I think that we're kind of at the end of that particular life cycle, but we're going to see a completely brand new life cycle kind of breathe, uh, breathe life into just these genre of games. Um, so I, I think it's going to be hard to say exactly where it's going to go. Uh, but I can't help but feel that games across the board are kind of converging. Um, there's different purposes behind the games, but it seems like the mechanics themselves are kind of coming to a, a totality of some kind. I mean, we've got battle passes in the micro man or the uh, uh, microtransactions that have kind of taken over. Um, but even the systems themselves are starting to become or starting to break away from the idea of levels and uh, kind of these rigid guidelines to more like you were saying their survival side of things. So I think it'll be really interesting to see what, where we go. Um, I'll be really interested to read more of what you've, you've been writing um, because I think the MMO space is certainly not dead. It's just, what is it going to morph into? Mm-hmm. Agreed completely. And uh, yeah, I don't really know what other steps there would be between what I consider to be the near future of MMOs, the sandbox versus theme park, and then the virtual reality 
uh, like you said, kind of like augmented reality version. Yeah. Whatever that's going to look like. Something in between, right? Oh, yeah. I think that's that's the most mysterious part. We know where we're at now. We know what the ultimate outcome is going to be, but what is the path to get there? You know, we're kind of, we have a missing link right now. Yeah. I'll be curious to see exactly what steps are taken for something like that. That's, uh, I think that's the difficulty though. We know the short term. We have an idea what the long term looks like. Where does it go? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, very cool. Any any closing thoughts or statements that you've got in regards to the future? You know what you're seeing presently. Anything that you're excited about it in, in the uh, the present? Ooh, well, I'm just excited about covering uh, different games in the genre, seeing which ones work out, seeing which ones die within a week. Sure, uh, New World, Lost <laughs> Ark. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think there is a lot of potential for the next quote unquote wow killer that there has been for the last 20 years. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't think wow will ever die. I think it'll, no, like you no, said, no. probably morph into something else, especially if Microsoft acquires it. Can you imagine? Oh yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm just really interested in the near future. What, like you said, what mechanics are being introduced to these games that could, because whenever something new happens, you're taking whatever was best previously yeah. and removing whatever was worse. So you can see this in fashion styles over time too. Whatever was popular when we were teens is actually popular again now. It's mm-hmm. just uh, you know Different. altered slightly. Yeah. You have these type of uh, people who are you know into one thing and they're into anime and hip hop. Whereas before it was kind of like you kind of liked one or the other. It was kind of like, you know what I mean? There was like genres of people <laughs> in high school. Melding. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So it's like p- new, newer cultures, younger cultures are taking the best of previous cultures, uh, pasting it into their culture and removing all the bad things, you know? So I think that's kind of what we're seeing in the MMO genre as well, well in video games in general. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what kinds of safeguards uh, we're going to have for the future of games in terms of, yeah you know, griefing and uh, player versus player, what kind of feedback the developers will be uh, taking into account. And yeah, just looking forward to the hopefully not death of the genre in the imminent future, or yeah. at least, uh, at least hopefully they pivot at least. I think they will though, because I think the market demands it. Oh, I think you're absolutely correct. Yeah, I think it'll ebb and flow certainly in its popularity, uh, but I don't like, just like you said, I don't think it, it just can't, it won't ever go away. They'll find the best parts and they'll make it even better. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's exactly right. Yep. And uh, especially this is kind of what my content has become recently, especially on YouTube, as I started making um, videos related to the League of Legends uh, MMO that's coming out. There's not that many, there's not that much information. What we know is what we know. And there truly sure. hasn't even been like an official announcement. The only announcements we've gotten are from uh, Greg Street, also known as Ghost Crawler, who was actually a World of Warcraft developer um, back in Wrath of the Lich King and Cataclysm. And he was working on the League of Legends MMO for quite a while. Uh, he just stepped down recently. Yeah. But um, I think the Riot MMO will probably be the last MMO that we currently know of, uh, you know, in this current genre. Yeah. Because that is going to be the one that everyone plays. Yeah. I mean, assuming it doesn't just bomb, but I would agree there. Could you imagine, could you imagine riot making a bad product? (laughs) Well, I mean, they're going to, they're going to do it eventually. I can tell you that much, but you're right in the sense that, I mean, and you said it earlier with riot forge. I mean, they've been knocking it out of the park. 
Um, I would, I know several other companies out there who would kill to have even half the success that they've had with all of the different iterations they put out there. So, mm -hmm. and I think that's the guarantee that a lot of people are looking forward to in terms of Riot's products yeah. is the level of quality. They're not really willing to put out a poor product. Uh, as Greg Street said, there will be an MMO unless it's going to be bad and then it will just be completely scrapped. Yeah. Um, so I think I find that very interesting. Uh, but I feel like that will probably be the capstone of our current experience with MMOs as we know it until it kind Dude. of blends into the, uh, the good old metaverse Yeah, into the, we get to that next generation, whatever that may be. Yep. And I think that's kind of what's going to keep the genre alive as well is all of the people who enjoy league products. It's a, it's a wide range oh, yeah. of people, you know, it's people as old as us from people who are, you know, teenagers, preteens now. So I feel like those younger, that younger generation is kind of going to carry the uh, Riot MMO yeah. to being uh, potentially successful or more successful or the most successful MMO because just so many people will be participating in it, at least trying it out. Yeah, that brand certainly has a staying power. That's for sure. Especially when they're making shows like Arcane that are drawing completely brand new people in. Uh, oh, that's yeah. exactly what they need. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I think that is definitely worth keeping its eye or our eyes out on. Um, yeah, lots of <laughs> lots of exciting things on the horizon, I think, across the board. Sure. Mm -hmm. Well, cool. Well, Pop Top, really appreciate you being on here today. Um, I think there will definitely be opportunities to talk more about MMOs in the future. So I'm sure we'll have you back on. And if there's something else that certainly interests you, always here, happy to hear your opinion. Um, but yeah, thank you again for being on here. I hope to have you back on in the future. Sure thing. I'll always be on. I'll uh, just... Whenever, just let me know. Thanks, Pop. Uh, I want to go ahead and uh, give a shout out to Pop uh, Pop Top. Popular Topular is his handle on uh, Twitter. He's all. You can also find him on Twitch, on TikTok, and on YouTube, um, making a, a variety of MMO uh, videos, particularly about upcoming MMOs and current development and such. Uh, he's, he's got a series that's been great uh, covering the lore of League of Legends. Um, so a lot more on the horizon. Uh, he's also contributing some written articles as well to tracker.gg. So be sure to reach out or to check out his reading there as well. Uh, but once again, Pop, really appreciate it. Thanks so much. And thank you all, everyone else for listening here today. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Perfect. Well, awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. No, thank you, man. Good to get some conversation on that. That's what I've been really interested in for a while. So glad to hear your opinions. I'll check out Tracker. That's cool.